from the Teaching and Learning Collaborative at the Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Josh Luckins, instructional designer and host of the CoLab podcast, where we dive deep into the art and science of teaching and learning. I have the pleasure of welcoming three guests to the show today, all colleagues of mine here at Wentworth. First, let me introduce Ashley Lucas, the Executive Director of Accelerate, Wentworth's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Center, and the makerspace of the future. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. We're also joined by Joe Schnackertz, Accelerate's Program Coordinator and a 2021 Wentworth graduate, majoring in business management and entrepreneurship. Joe, thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Josh. Finally, we're joined by Professor Michael Mozil, who teaches business management at Wentworth and works closely with both Accelerate and the Teaching and Learning Collaborative. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you, Josh. It's an honor to be here. I'd love to talk with you all today about some exciting things that we're working on together to make happen on Wentworth's campus that I hope will inspire our listeners to expand their sense of possibility around integrating experiential, hands-on learning in higher education settings and collaborating with instructional designers to thoughtfully plan and facilitate active learning experiences that are truly transformational. So Ashley, start us off by telling us about your vision for Accelerate, Wentworth's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Center. Sure. Thanks, Josh. At Accelerate, our vision is actually to inspire and support the entire Wentworth community to really kind of push boundaries and think beyond what's possible. And that doesn't necessarily have to be around entrepreneurship specifically. At Accelerate, we really want to kind of bring our vision to life by inspiring and supporting the community to really explore entrepreneurship, explore innovation, explore making. And while they're doing that, develop some of the competencies that really go hand in hand with those experiences, like critical thinking, problem solving, thinking about what could be in the future, and then taking steps to get to that place. And I think those competencies are actually a major competitive advantage for students going out into the marketplace right now. We really want to serve community members kind of across the entrepreneurship and innovation spectrum and get them to explore entrepreneurship, to ideate around what's possible, to validate those ideas, and then to grow those potentially businesses or ideas and move them forward. And we do that in a number of ways, right? We work with faculty, we do co-curricular workshops, we have events and pitch competitions, and just a lot of different opportunities for the students to kind of come in, explore, hopefully latch onto an idea that can work, and then just see where they can bring it. I've been really impressed at just how dynamic and exciting the space is, and all the energy that's always buzzing around in there. And I know in our collaboration, we've talked a lot about both entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship, this idea mm -hmm. that students might not go off and start a business, but in the organization that they work for, they might be innovative and bring new ideas, new ways of doing things. And just having that mentality of seeing beyond the limited way that people are already doing things into what might be possible and bringing that creativity and innovation mindset to wherever you are, both professionally and personally, 
is just such an asset and maybe something that distinguishes Wentworth graduates at the end of the day. Speaking of Wentworth graduates, Joe Schnackerts, I'd love to ask you to tell us a little bit about what you see happening in the Accelerate makerspace day in and day out, because you're the one really running the programs on the ground. And I'll tell you, whenever I'm in there, I feel such a, an excitement in the air, a buzz in the air with groups of students. These ones are discussing over here. These ones are building something, creating something else. They're laughing. You took me on a tour and I was just like, wow, this place is alive. So what do you do to foster such an inclusive and dynamic space at Accelerate? I'm really glad that you had that experience when you came into our space. And you're absolutely right, right? Anytime you go in, there's students and faculty and staff as well in there working on something, discussing a different topic, you know, exploring kind of new ideas and, and things they're creating. And I think how we really make that happen is just being a space of yes, right? With some limitations, of course, but, you know, we're not just a space for people who identify as entrepreneurs and innovators. While we do cater to them specifically, we host clubs. You can do your homework in our space. You can practice a presentation in our space. It allows people to have a spot on campus where they can just go and they can connect on common interests and shared identities. And I think that's really the power of this whole makerspace. It's not open you know, to a specific group. It's open to everyone and everyone can come and take advantage of the resources and you know, the opportunities that our space provides. What it comes down to is just kind of a hands-off approach to allow the students to use the space how they need it and how they want it and allow them to collaborate with whomever they want and bring in people from different areas and different kind of walks of their college career. I've really seen that vision come to life in Accelerate. And it's so important. We're an urban downtown campus and students just go to class and then, you know, go back to their residence hall without those extra spaces on campus where they can build community and have a place just to go and, and collaborate and meet people. It can be a little bit lonely at, at such a bustling campus with all sorts of things going on, kind of get a little lost. So I think it's really nice to have this space on campus for folks to gather and innovate together. So Michael, how have you seen Accelerate transform over the years? And what's the value that you see this extracurricular space for students to gather and innovate, adding to our campus life here at Wentworth? Well, let me let me take those questions in reverse, Josh. Um, I think Joe did a great job of explaining what it's done for campus life. And to elaborate on one of the things that he said, he talked about it, that, that hands-off approach. Just to expand on that, it's a hands-off approach to hands-on learning. Students are given the resources in Accelerate to do many of the things that they would like to do. And they do a lot of them they do for the joy of doing, but they're allowed to experiment. They're allowed to change their ideas, to fail, to pivot, all those things, whether it's just a project or, or a club working on something, or if it's if it's a student working on something that's more entrepreneurial. And that's part of the transformation. When I arrived at Wentworth in you know, full-time in January 2016. Accelerate existed, and it was a wonderful resource. It was all the way up on the second floor of, I think it's Wilson Hall. I never remember those, <laughs> those buildings over there. But it was on the second floor. It was three rooms that were old chemistry laboratories. They looked like old laboratories. They had all the old laboratory benches and everything and the, and the, the piping for the Bunsen burners and, and things like that. It was, but it was a wonderful space and a wonderful concept, but it was underutilized and underfunded and under-resourced. And then they decided to resurface the tennis courts and build the CEIS on top of them. 
and made this phenomenal space on the first floor, open windows, big, bright space that is so much more welcoming, physically welcoming. The old place was very welcoming. The people were up there, would love to have people come in. But the new space is, again, being open and being central to the campus, well-lit, people can see what's going on in there all the time, allowed people to come in and allowed people to um, to experiment and work on the things that Joe talked about. The other things that have changed are having more resources and people like Joe and Ashley and Tori Lamb, who were there to help students with pretty much whatever it is that they want to do. So it's been a wonderful journey for me watching Accelerate move from some place that was tucked away off in a corner to being a central part of the campus. The best spot on campus, if I may say. <laughs> I agree, Joe. And I think it's really exciting that the people who run it are Wentworth alums. Joe and Tori are both Wentworth graduates. So it really speaks to the quality of the Wentworth education that people want to come back and be a part of the community, give back to it and help create that culture of innovation and entrepreneurship in the future. Mm -hmm. And Josh, just to add on to that too, I think, you know, Joe and Tori both went through Accelerate. They were actively involved. So having that kind of institutional knowledge and I think guidance around how to reach the students is incredibly valuable and really powerful for the team. Definitely, because as Wentworth alums, you kind of know the culture and you know how to reach those students, meet them where they're at, because you were just there. You were just one of them. So that's fantastic. And I know that, Joe, you've also done some training at IDEO, um, a design firm in Boston. And I love that notion of bringing in these all this design thinking that's coming to the fore so much in the last decade with all the stuff coming out of Stanford's design school. And we read a book in our faculty development book club called Super Courses by Ken Bain, in which he brings some of those ideas in this notion that in order for humans to learn, they really have to have safe spaces to try something, fail, reflect and get feedback and then try again. And that's the only way that we learn things is, you know, since time immemorial, how you learn how to build a better fire or build a better crossbow or whatever it might be. So it's it's fantastic that we're taking that foundational knowledge of how humans learn and implementing that in this space. Hands-on experiential learning in this way has always been really at the core of a Wentworth education. So Joe, as a Wentworth alum, what did that look like for you as a student? And what did it mean for you to learn through direct experience in that way as a Wentworth student? And now as somebody who creates learning experiences for current Wentworth students, how do you bring that active learning ethos into the programs that you build at Accelerate? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. So really the the summarizing of it all, I'd say, is learn by doing, right? Which is kind of like that basic definition of hands-on experiential learning. You're going to learn it by actually doing it. So course projects, when I was a Wentworth student, exams, presentations, homework, that all reflected what we did in class, but also challenged us to do it, I think was the most kind of beneficial learning experience I had. I'll give you two examples. My semester project for my entrepreneurship class was to start a business, and we did. We sold soap on campus and throughout the colleges of Fenway. We actually did it. You know, we didn't just talk about it. We bought product. We took orders. We made money. We walked away having made, you know, not much, maybe like 200 bucks split between the four of us, you know, at the end of the semester. But, you know, we did it. You know, like I said, we were, we were taking those orders. We we're selling. You know, we're actually doing those entrepreneurial activities, which I think is so powerful to learning 
And again, like, like we talked about trying, failing, some of the stuff we tried didn't work and we slowly adjusted our offering over the semester. My second example is for the marketing class I took. Our semester project was to build and execute a marketing plan, but not for our professor. It was for an external client. Our professor, Michael Mozill, right here with us, connected us with local businesses, local charities, local nonprofits. These were real people with real needs, and we were working with them, right? We set up meetings with them. We set goals, deadlines with them. We developed content for them. And again, it was all for our client, not for our professor. So when they talk about, oh, the best way to learn is on the job, we were on the job. We were working with these people that we didn't know before the semester, and we're creating these marketing proposals, and we're executing on these marketing proposals with them and getting their feedback and having the ability to see how it actually affects their business that is local to the Boston area. And now that kind of going into the how do we bring it into Accelerate Now, having to build those workshops and experiences, it's hard. It's really easy to just get up in front of a group of people, an audience, a class, and lecture. And at the end, say, does that make sense? And then have a bunch of zoned out students just kind of like nod their heads like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. But striving for designing experiences where students can really push their capabilities, have them actually practice what we're teaching them and not just listen to it or read it in a book, that is, is the difference. That's the Wentworth difference when we talk about hands-on experiential learning, right? We have students um, that actually practice and take advantage of these opportunities we're providing. And I think our business series that we ran this semester is a great example of that. We actually had students come in. We had them go from idea generation all the way to prototyping. So they're actually engaging in this process, this entrepreneurial process and getting feedback and talking to customers. That's the power of learning. You know, we're not just telling them about it. We're having them do it and bring it back and share with the whole group what they've tried. That's such a great distinction between theory and practice. Thanks to folks like Michael, you know, you were able to take the theory and really put it into practice in the community here in Boston. I think that is a real big advantage of the Wentworth education, the co-op model as well. In class to outside of class, having students go out and work with companies and organizations and even entrepreneurial co-ops to get all those experiences on the ground before they graduate. So they can really have a sense of, you know, where to go and where to begin once, once they do graduate. One thing that I really love about this is there's all this literature and research, and I, I won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but essentially it says in order to be a successful entrepreneur, one of the indicators is um, whether or not you have high self-efficacy, which is basically like a sexy word for confidence in being an entrepreneur, right? The more confident you are that you can entrepreneur, the more likely you are to be a successful entrepreneur. And there are four things that increase self-efficacy. One of them is called mastery of experiences. It essentially says the more you do something, the more confident you are that you can do it. And I think that this is true in a lot of different aspects of life and is certainly true around, I think, innovation and entrepreneurship. So when you have these hands-on learning experiences, this experiential learning opportunity, you're giving students a chance to get practice, but you're also building their confidence in being able to do these things, which is why I think all of these sort of workshops and opportunities and the co-op and everything like that is so incredibly valuable. And I think really differentiates Wentworth in a particular way, because whether it's getting your hands on a 
chop saw for the first time so you can build a lantern or whatever you want to do, or it's testing out like Joe did, testing out being an entrepreneur so that, you know, whether it's now or at graduation or in 10 years, you have that little bit of extra confidence in believing that you can do this thing if you think you want to do it. The way I've always looked at it, and this is how I was taught when I was in grad school, we all have a comfort zone. And when, usually whenever anybody talks about a comfort zone, the first thing they do is they draw a big circle. And this is your comfort zone. What most people don't talk about or don't think about is, is a, a bigger concentric circle around the comfort zone. That's your capability zone. These are things you can do. You're capable of doing them. You're just not comfortable doing them. And the more you, the more experience you have going along with what, what Ashley said and, and Joe on the practical side, Joe's experience with soap, they first started out making soap. And they actually tried multiple recipes to make soap till they finally got one. Ultimately, they were told by someone else who'd done this that the smart thing to do is buy soap repackage it and resell it. But it was all part of that process, all part of that learning process. And I can tell you from watching Joe and his group, they were uncomfortable with all this, but they knew they could do it. They were capable. Once they got to where they could make it, they became more comfortable. So what they did was they expanded their comfort zone. But anytime you expand your comfort zone, you also expand your capabilities. You're capable of more things than you were before you started. and that's the other part of this is that students are getting this experience, again, through through working in Accelerate or on co-ops and our entrepreneurship co-op is a great place for this to continue. We're making students more capable. And as Ashley said, the more you entrepreneur, the more better your chances are of being an entrepreneur because it moves into your comfort zone and you're capable of so much more. I love all the theories you brought into our discussion, Michael and Ashley. When I was working as an experiential educator, we talked a lot about comfort zones and growth zones and this notion that these concentric circles keep expanding as you grow and you stretch yourself into the discomfort and then that becomes comfortable because you've got practice doing it. And that ties into this idea of Bandura's theory of self-efficacy, as you mentioned, Ashley, one aspect of it is the more we keep doing something, the, the better at it we get and the more comfortable we are at doing it. And I really love that theory and for a lot of reasons, and it really ties deeply into how humans learn best and the conditions under which humans are going to thrive in settings in which they're faced with these new things they have to do that are inherently uncomfortable and make them have to fail a little bit in order to get better at something. And I know, you know, when I went into the maker space the other day for the faculty staff maker days, the first time I used the, you know, whatever saw it was, I was really nervous. I mean, Joe had me on the lathe. It was very exciting. But yeah, that first piece of wood definitely got a little bit chiseled away at not elegantly. But the second time, you know, it was a lot more smooth. And that was so exciting. That was really, really genuinely exciting. One of the best examples of this is something that almost everybody knows Go to Ikea and buy four chairs, four identical chairs. The first one takes you an hour to put together. The fourth one takes 10 minutes because you've learned things. You've got the experience and now you're moving closer to expertise. And, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's done 10,000 hours in Outliers. You can't get there unless you actually start doing things. 
Definitely. That makes so much sense. It really jives with our experience as humans in the world, putting together chairs and getting really frustrated. And then by the end, you're like, I got this. Let's talk about some recent exciting developments at Accelerate. There's a lot of them. But one of them is that we all worked together this past semester, all four of us, um, on a business workshop series aimed at building entrepreneurship skills and empowering Wentworth students to get creative with their technical and design acumen and consider bringing new products and services to the market. Also, Accelerate just received a $2 million grant to expand entrepreneurship education at Wentworth in very exciting ways. So Ashley, tell us about the plans to expand entrepreneurship opportunities for Wentworth students in the coming years. I think there's a lot of opportunity on the horizon, and Joe and I talk about this all the time. How do we meet our students where they're at uh, along that entrepreneurial journey, right, of exploration, ideation, validation, and growth? And I think we're pretty consistently, and I think very entrepreneurially, throwing some stuff against the wall and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't, right? Because not everything has. And then taking the things that do work and really resonate with students and doing things like working with TLC and sort of iterating them and, and really kind of making them the best that they can be. In terms of the future, so the, the $2 million gift, which, you know, I'm still so, I'm so excited about. This is this is truly a, a wonderful thing to be happening here. The $2 million gift is actually earmarked for a really specific program that I think is truly extraordinary. It started before my time here, but essentially um, it's supporting the Accelerate Co-op for Entrepreneurs or ACE experience, as we like to call it. And essentially students have the opportunity to use their co-op, so that's four months where they're not going to classes, to build businesses. And not only do they get that time, they get a faculty advisor like Michael, who has experience in entrepreneurship and are there to help them set milestones and reach those milestones. They get $9,000 in essentially, it's like a mini salary, right? So that they don't have to go out and get a full-time job. Um, they get $2,500 for materials and um, supplies. So they can do things like build prototypes and have proof of concepts. And I think important to mention is they get this peer group of other students on campus who are building businesses. They can learn from one another. They can act as role models. They can celebrate wins and all of that. And I, I think that's really important. So because of this $2 million gift, we have been able to take a program that was offered for seniors and expand it to juniors and now to sophomores as well. So we can kind of meet students earlier on in their Wentworth tenure to sort of inspire and support and just kind of empower them to start and launch and grow businesses. So that way, by the time they graduate, even if the business doesn't come to life, most startups do not succeed. But if we can get them to work on building these businesses, bringing a product or service to market, by the time they graduate, even if they're not working on these businesses, they may be able to take those competencies and apply them in a job, right, to bring something new to life in, the, in within an organization. And maybe in 10 years, they're going to decide that they want to start another business. It's incredibly valuable. This is a program that does not exist at any institutions I know of. It certainly didn't exist at the institution I used to be a part of, and I always wanted something like this. That is a huge, huge part of the Accelerate experience. In addition to that, we offer 
I think all kinds of experiences for students who are interested in either exploring entrepreneurship or who are interested in building businesses, figuring out if an idea works. And I think that we will continue to do that and expand those opportunities. As we kind of constantly engage students, we have a survey that goes out every year asking students to identify as entrepreneurs or innovators or makers to tell us what they're interested in. How can we support you in your endeavors to move your ideas forward? So I think we'll just continue to be entrepreneurial and we'll continue to expand the programs that Joe and I have been talking about and I think dreaming about. We all ideate too and try things and make changes, sometimes on the fly, sometimes afterwards with some reflection, which is a part of the entrepreneurial process. I've worked with Joe for a long time and working with Ashley over the last year. We all live this. We believe this. It's not just about starting businesses. It's a way of life and a way of thinking that has helped get to me where I am today. It's the combination of I don't want to say not being afraid to fail because everybody's afraid to fail. That's a that's a cliche, but not being afraid to make a mistake, learn from it and move on. And that's how these programs all start. And they all start rough and dirty. And we do the best we can with what we've got. And we think we're okay. But after running it, we realize things have to change. Yeah, that's the entrepreneurial process. Ashley put it very nicely. The great thing about this co-op opportunity for students for three semesters, 45 weeks of entrepreneurship experience before they leave school, we know that most of them are not going to start their businesses, but we know that they now the entrepreneurial process. And maybe this is now part of their lives too. I think the average age, the last time I looked at the data, the average age of a first-time entrepreneur is somewhere in their 40s. And these are people who've got industry experience and either want to start something inside their own companies or when their company's not interested, they start something themselves or a career change or, or a myriad of reasons. If we can take our students and set them up with anywhere between 15 and 45 weeks through these co-ops to put them in a position where they know how this works, they're not afraid to have to make changes and they understand that their initial idea is not going to be what the final thing looks like. We're doing them and I think society a tremendous service. It seems like we're talking about creating a culture of entrepreneurship on Wentworth campus in a way empowering students as we did in the business series, not just with a managerial mindset of being able to manage what already exists, but an entrepreneurial mindset of being able to see what doesn't exist yet and being able to figure out the steps needed to bring that thing to life. And if we have uh, enough students, I suppose, going through that process of being able to see things through that entrepreneurial lens, then how exciting. I mean, the campus is just going to be a lot more of a dynamic place with students feeling empowered to create the campus that they want for themselves and then moving forward the life that they want for themselves, whether it's within an organization or a side business they create or 20 years later, they remember this skill that they learned in college and they're going to go off and start their own business with the experience they have uh, gained so far. So I think it's wonderful that it's happening both extracurricularly in places like Accelerate and also just interwoven with the possibilities of a Wentworth education, whether it's a co-op or this business series, or even the starting early, we're going to work with high school students this summer through the Impact Lab program. So there's a lot of ways 
that this is happening. And one of them, as we've heard, is in the classroom directly. We heard about Joe's soap business. So I know that that happened in, in Michael's class. So I know that in your entrepreneurship classes, Michael, your students build out ideas for businesses. So tell us about a student, maybe not necessarily Joe, we already heard about him, um, whose ideas expanded your sense of the possible in an entrepreneurial way, you know, like whose insight and perspective helped you to see the topic that you teach in a new light. Thanks, Josh. Last spring in teaching uh, intro to entrepreneurship, there's some changes have been made to some of the programs. And as a result, I've got students from different disciplines coming in to take that course. It's now a required course for construction management students seeking the real estate um, concentration. So occasionally I would get construction management students, but never as many as I had last semester. Listening to them and their ideas, which are so different from people like Joe and the business management students, they're talking about real estate development. They're talking about buying properties and flipping them. They're talking about uh, managing commercial real estate, managing residential real estate, a lot of different things, which I never encountered. I had to expand my base and certainly capable, but I wasn't comfortable and I became comfortable by the end of the semester. But for many of those entrepreneurs and those ideas, they've had experience where they've had hundreds of thousands of dollars in projects where they know people who have a lot of money, who they've worked for and worked with, who are willing to invest in their businesses right off the top. Where for someone like Joe, it was more about bootstrapping and raising our own money and having to grow organically. Which Joe was, I mean, I'm sorry, I have to come back to Joe, but I loved his project. And I think it's a great example of what can be done and what's possible, even in a course like that. They had to buy their own materials. They had to invest their own funds to get things going. And then when they got things going and they were making sales, all of a sudden they had money, they had cash, and they had to figure out what to do with it. That short experience made Joe and his group understand the importance of accounting and, and record keeping. Even with these little wins, the little win of, of making that first sale and anybody who's ever sold anything remembers the first sale, like you remember your first kiss, like you remember you know, all the major firsts in your life. They had that. And now what do we do? Where do we put the money? You know, How do we manage the money? So it expanded for me what's possible when they're successful and having to talk about that. And I'll spend a little more time this semester talking about the, okay, you made the sale. Now what? What did you learn so you can make the next sale? Joe, not to embarrass you, but may I talk about the feasibility aspect? Go for it. I certainly don't want to embarrass you, but it was an important learning experience. What they came up with, which was a wonderful idea, was that for every bar of soap sold, they were going to give a bar of soap to someone who needed it, either at a homeless shelter or through some charity. It was a social entrepreneurial endeavor that was admirable, and they built this in from the beginning. What they hadn't considered was there wasn't a big enough margin in the sale of one bar of soap to afford being able to give away a second bar of soap. When they started doing the accounting and they looked at it and were told that you'll go bankrupt in a week if you if this is going to be your model, they had to make a change. Now, they weren't happy about it, and it didn't remove their zeal for social entrepreneurship and helping people in need, but they had to face the reality of, can this business support those things? And that was a really important lesson 
for them and for the class when they presented their idea. It does sound like a really important lesson to learn. And it's a great anecdote about, you know, idealism and about trying and failing and learning while the stakes are low and everyone learned from it. It wasn't just Joe's group as the whole class because everyone got to hear their experience and reflect on it together and take that forward into the rest of their lives. So I think that's a wonderful thing. Now it's time for the question that I ask all of my guests on the show to tell me about the role that curiosity has played in your life. So Joe, let's start with you. Ooh, exciting. I think curiosity keeps us learning and always keeps us open to new ideas. And if we never take the time to be curious and always ask why something is the way it is, we get complacent, right? We get comfortable with how things are. We don't seek a new process. We don't look for new ideas. We don't examine the possibility of a new way to do something that we do kind of every day. And just for an example, for what we're talking about here, if I wasn't curious, I don't think, Josh, I would be interested in your, you know, uh, new teaching and learning development model, right? This course design model, because I wouldn't have been curious. I just would have said, meh, I could probably run a workshop. I'll get up there. I'll talk about some stuff and I'll get some head nods at the end. And there we go. I taught it. But because I was curious. I got to explore this new concept of this course design, and you got to bring this this whole new lens that I can kind of look at when I'm developing another workshop or a new series and stuff like that, because I was curious. And if I wasn't, I would just been comfortable with what I thought would work well. But instead, I got a cool new method that I can continue throughout my life and, and kind of develop as I keep going. I think curiosity allows us to actually be entrepreneurial and innovative. My curiosity combined with my courage to act on new things, explore new things, seek out new experiences has allowed me to build sort of an interesting skill set. You know, one example, when I was young, I decided I was going to be that jewelry business that showed up to the craft fair, right? I'm going to sell jewelry full time. <laughs> I would go and I would do that and I would sell jewelry and I'd learn about the experience and merchandising and profit margins and all that stuff. And it was interesting looking back on it because people made fun of me all the time. Like, oh, Ashley's interested in this new thing. Oh, Ashley's testing out this new thing. Who knows if it's going to stick? I think a lot of us are scared to test out new things, even though we're really curious about them, because we're scared of what people are going to think. If this doesn't move forward, how are people going to perceive me? At least that's something that I think about a lot. But because I've been so curious and so excited about so many different things, I have gotten to explore new areas of entrepreneurship, like food entrepreneurship and creative entrepreneurship that I think allows me to be successful in some of the things that I do in working with students and working with other entrepreneurs and in a bit of a unique way. I'm really grateful that I have been so curious about so many different things. I mean, I definitely get complacent, right? Like Joe mentioned, there's some days where I'm like, I'm tired and I don't want to be curious today. But for the most part, I think having that curiosity has really allowed me to explore and learn new things that I am then able to sort of share in a variety of different ways. For me, Josh, it's a combination of what Ashley and Joe said. It's the questioning part. Why are we doing this or what's the purpose? And Ashley's drive to gain knowledge and skills. It's led me 
to where I am open to having someone like you tell me what I can do better. I've already taken care of the stuff I can do well. I need your help on the stuff that I can do better. To be a better business person and entrepreneur and in all the phases of my life, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better grandfather, to be a better coach, teacher, all the different things that I've done, certainly through adulthood. And I didn't always have this when I was younger. But as I've gotten older and realized that a growth mindset is much more fun than a fixed mindset, then that was this, this rebirth, this renaissance in me that gave me the growth mindset and gave me more intrinsic motivation to be better at what at the things that I do. And I think that's where curiosity or, or a subset of curiosity has led me. That's wonderful. It sounds like it's really brought a lot of joy to your life. And looking back, you're able to tell a story and you took learnings from each one, which helped you get to where you are now. So they all kind of do connect in this deeper way in this entrepreneurial story that you're now able to share with students of how they could see the world in terms of what they might create and what's possible. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you all. Thank you all so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Josh. It was, as I said, it was an honor to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, Josh. This was great. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. Ashley Lucas is the Executive Director of Accelerate, Wentworth's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Center. Joe Schnackertz is Accelerate's Program Coordinator, and Michael Mozil is a Professor of Business Management at Wentworth. And I'm Josh Luckins, Instructional Designer and host of the CoLab Podcast, a production of the Instructional Design Team at the Teaching and Learning Collaborative, here at the Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks so much for joining us. And as always, stay curious. Good time call accelerate a hundred percent.